Welcome to this week's episode of the Human AF Podcast. I'm choosing to air this on the winter solstice, which is all about embracing the solace of the season. It's a time for resting in the knowledge you've received, reflecting on the journey you've traversed throughout the year, and restoring your mind, body, and soul. Today's topic delves into the meaning, the magic, and the mystery of life, of death, and all the human WTF moments that inevitably cross our paths. I personally reflect on the potent wisdom, insights, and lessons I received through the sudden loss of my father in 2016, and how they connect with the profound wisdom that this season brings. So grab a warm cup of something that you love to drink, find a cozy spot by a nice fire, and let's delve into this soulful conversation that I hope will soothe your spirit and warm your heart, even in the midst of winter's chill. Welcome to Human AF, a podcast where we explore the unfiltered truth about life, love, loss, and all the WTF moments that come with the human experience. Each episode, you'll witness real people sharing real stories, authentic experiences, and offering wisdom through raw moments that make us who we are and who we're becoming together. Today is the uh, year anniversary of my dad uh, becoming an angel. Yeah, my dad uh, passed away a year ago today. And uh, just to just to say hello to people that are um, that have been sending me messages and everything. Thank you so much. And, you know, I'm doing okay. To be honest, yesterday was harder, frankly. And I wonder, and it'd be interesting to see what you guys think about this. I wonder if it's because it was actually a Tuesday morning that we found out and got the news and all that sort of stuff. And yesterday was the Tuesday. So, um, you know, it makes you wonder what the body remembers and all that sort of stuff. So my body felt really weepy yesterday and really tired and, you know, all those things. So I kind of think my body experienced it more yesterday. Um, so yeah, so today, I don't know. I just feel, I feel okay. Just feels like a regular day. And the sun is shining on my face. I've got some amazing light. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so today I just thought, well, wow, why not talk about this today? It's like a big topic, uh, life and death. Uh, No, no light stuff today. Um, Because I realized that I hold a bunch of um, a bunch of interesting ideas around life and death that some people are like, say what? Um, so I thought I would share where they came from and how I found them and what I hold. And I don't know, see what it does for you. And a really good book recommendation or a really weird book recommendation. If you don't like it, you just be like, wow, thanks for that. So yeah, the, the reason I want to talk about this, cause it came up in a, in a client call today as well. I mean, a bit of it, which is this, um, It was in 2000 and we, uh, it was in 2008, I guess, when I was in the midst of just uh, experiencing a major loss, uh, another loss, which was a miscarriage that time. Uh, It was in the the wake of this miscarriage that I was just sort of struggling to come up with some reasoning about why these things happen, you know, suddenly or not suddenly. 
And I was in a meditation class and a woman said to me, oh, I just read this book. It's so great. And I was just sort of overhearing it. I wasn't even a part of the conversation. And she said, uh, I said, what is it about? And I sort of interjected and she said, it's about what happens after you die. And I thought, well, I'm all over that because I love stuff like that. I just, ever since I was a little, I just love mediumship, all that sort of stuff. So she told me it was Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. So I went out and got it right away because I just knew there was something in me. It's like, you're supposed to read that book. You know, consider it like a, a breadcrumb, if you will. Um, and I picked it up and was like, yes, this, I think this is for me. And it opened up a whole lot of ideas. So, and, but what I know is when I read the book, the ideas that are presented, and I'll get into them in a second. The reason I knew uh, it was a, a sort of a destiny sort of fate moment was that every time every time I picked the book up and read it, I, I think I read it in about three days, which I'm not an avid reader, so that was a big deal, uh, was just the fairness of it, the organization, and oh, so many things. It just clicked. Something clicked in me on a spiritual level, I'll say that just said, oh my God, it was all the stuff I'd forgotten. It was remembering all the things I'd forgotten, which sounds really crazy, but it was almost like, yeah, I remembered how it was or how it is in this other place, this other you know, spirit-based place where we go when we die. And one of the things that came up in my client call today was just, and I hear it all the time and you'll, you'll hear it in yourself. So we're going to talk about it, which is this whole idea of good and bad. Oh, is that good? Or is that bad? And when I coach people and I ask them questions, they almost think, Oh, I know where you're going with this. You know, that's pretty bad that I did that. And I'm just like, no, I didn't. I just, um, I just wish that wasn't there. So <laughs> I wish good and bad wasn't there because I feel like we're governed by good and bad. Is it a good choice or a bad choice? Was I being good or was I being bad? And and this is so you can just see the way my body's moving. See, it's like one side or the other. And part of me just doesn't believe that anymore. I don't. I, this book had me obliterate good and bad. I mean, can you imagine? So hang out with that for a second. Um, what would life be like? if good or bad didn't exist, what would be different? I mean, try it for a second. If there was no good or bad. So all of a sudden I stop moving, don't I? There's no good or bad. I mean, what does that bring up for you? I, a lot of people, I think they get a, all the shades of gray. Yeah, all the shades of gray. All of a sudden we're gray. And for a lot of people, it brings up a lot of um, maybe justice. Some people, like I said, some, so Mary's saying all the colors, all the options, like that's very like expansive, isn't it? And I just snuck in another end of the spectrum, which was, but what about this? But what about that? And, oh, <laughs> and that's the energy service knocked over my water. Um, I get that a lot when I even introduce this idea. But the best thing I got out of that book, and this is where I'm going to, you're going to see how it relates, is that. I was trying to figure out, you know, why does this happen and why does that happen? And this is important for us to talk about because as empaths, as deep feelers, as um, 
you know, bleeding hearts. Oh my gosh. So I, for a lot of my years, I was like this bleeding heart. I could feel everything and I would feel the depths of it. And it was, it was really a downfall for me because I was the energy that was being given and uh, exuded was exhausting. It was draining my life force totally. And I just thought I was almost a victim to it actually. And so what happened was when I read this book and it introduced this idea, and I don't even know if it actually said this, but what it suggested was that when we die, there's a system that we kind of enter. So when we die, there's like these seven or eight kind of layers that we move through. The first one is like the typical homecoming, your loved ones come, you know, there's almost like an orientation, like to help ease the soul as it crosses over. So depending on the age of the soul, which opens up a whole nother question, uh, series of questions, um, because I think we've all met people that seem like really old and sage in their wisdom and other people that it's almost like, are you new here? <laughs> like, really? How long have you been here? Here, metaphorically speaking, right? So uh, it was suggesting that, uh, yeah, whether you were a new soul or an old soul, if you were a new soul, you required a lot of people to meet you at the homecoming, and you required them to look exactly as they did in your um, human, like, that lifetime. But the older and more sage the soul, the more times around you've been, and we're talking about reincarnation now, the more times around you've gone, there were some souls that just, they just skipped that part. <laughs> they did not need a homecoming. They just went straight to the business. They went straight to the next level about reviewing their life and having a big discussion about it, almost like life coaching on the other side. <laughs> so cool. Um, so the premise of the book is that this hypnotherapist stumbled upon, he was doing past life regressions. And it was it was in, in a session that he was asking them, you know, well, he got confused. He's like, well, where are you? Did you just uh, he went through the death scene of like one of their lives and his client said, oh, I'm he started describing where he was or she was. I can't remember if it was a man or a woman. And basically they'd stumbled into this space between the old life and the next life. So it was like the lie, the life in between the lives. And so this therapist just started getting more and more curious and asking more questions. What's it like there? And what are you doing? And who are you seeing? And what are you learning? And da, da, da. And so he started testing this more and more with his clients. And what happened was hundreds of them later, they all said the same thing. And so that alone made me run to go get the book. So I'm just so curious and I love being challenged. I love, I love stretching my thinking. I love considering different ideas and different possibilities. Uh, so that's why I say I'm not a positive thinker. I'm a possible thinker. But yeah, it was just opening this idea about, um, about what happens when you die and this, and the process that you go through. So there he had hundreds of case studies and now he has thousands and he just took every case study and he, whittled it down into the series of events that he was learning about. So every case study, the book is just a series of case studies. So each case study represents hundreds of basically the same story in behind. So, and it talks about suicide. It talks about um, tragedy. It talks about all sorts of things that our human mind seems to put a lot of good and bad up against. Yeah. So this is that good and bad uh, dance that I say we're always doing like, well, was that a good thing or a bad thing? And earlier the question was, well, what would happen if there was no good or bad? And all of a sudden I just stay still and I'm not going back and forth and see what that stirs up in you. So so it was an amazing book. And the if I were to bottom line the book, 
it helped me understand or consider. So I, I ate it up. I ate the content up, not because I'm just totally naive and I'll believe anything, but because intuitively when I read it, it was like, Oh God, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> it was like, Oh, I remember now. Oh gosh, this is so great. And so everything just clicked back. It was like getting an alignment to the Cairo. It was like a spiritual chiropractor session. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that was good. Okay, back on track. I can hold so much more now because it gave me this lesson, which was life is about experience, not good or bad. So what if uh, my client today was saying, you know, I don't know, we were talking about something that she was doing or or, uh, seeing and, and decisions she had made. And she said, you know, I don't know if that was good or bad. And so all of a sudden we were right at that precipice. Are you good or are you bad? Because that's actually really what we're saying, isn't it? Am I good or am I bad? And I said, well, what if it's just about experience? And she was like very confused, which it, to introduce this idea completely discombobulates the ego, which wants things to be good or bad. The mind wants to categorize it and all of a sudden, you know, be able to put a label, get their label maker out and say, that's good, that's bad, or name it something judgy. Um, and so I said, what if it was just about experience? And So I said, well, what are you experiencing when you do that? It's not about you being bad. I get that it doesn't serve you. But what is it like for you when you do that thing? And so we unpacked that. We just like, what's the experience that you're having? So this is where, this is how I hold life. You know, that life is one giant series of opportunities. And it's not about whether we do something right or wrong. It's about what are we learning as we experience it. So that's why I totally believe there's no right or wrong choice. It's like, well, what... You know, what can I, what could I experience next? So the first part of my life, for example, for looking at life and death and why we're here and all that sort of stuff. And I look back and I say, wow, the first part of my life was a lot of sacrifice. I experienced a lot of sacrifice. I experienced a lot of um, living outside of myself, like caring more for others as opposed to myself. I experienced uh, laying down for others, being taken advantage of, uh, being abused, actually, uh, sexually, emotionally. um, Luckily, I mean, I want to say luckily, not physically, but I mean, I know that the sexual abuse was physical. um, So you can put physically in there. Um, But yes, spiritually abused, a lot of abuse right up until like my 20s. And so that was like the first half of my life, a lot of doormat sort of being put upon, oh my gosh, victimization, martyrdom, here it all comes out. (laughs) Um, Feel free to jump in if if you can recognize or relate. So when I looked at my life, I was like, gosh, I really experienced a lot of that. You know, I didn't say it was good or bad. I just experienced a lot of that stuff. You could list it out. What was the theme? And to me, I guess the opportunity, again, it's just an opportunity. Our purpose is to just be here. So I was already, if I'm already nailing my purpose, excellent. So there's always these opportunities and hints along the way, which usually show up in circumstances and feelings. This range of good or bad keeps us stuck in this like continuous cycle of judgment. Am I good or am I bad? And it's not even about that. Our worth, our worth and our value was never actually in question. That is exactly what I took away from this book as well. It didn't necessarily say it, but that was the impression. It's like, wow, are you telling me that it's just about experience? I'm just here to experience a bunch of things. Um, and what's the point of that? You might say, and the point of that is to draw the learning out. And then you look at the learning that you might be, be having. So mine was in martyrdom, sacrifice, abuse, 
um, there was something in there for me specifically about self-expression. So I knew that thread to be so specific to me and what I'm, what it meant to me. So, um, so when I started working on self-expression and trying to express myself in a way that not only felt integral to me, but honored other people and even was, you know, layered with things like compassion and understanding and all these things, everything started to change. So, so here we are. All of a sudden, I'm willing to lean into another experience. So here's what I want to show you. I drew a little diagram because I'm like, we got to know about this. Um, so it's like a little lesson. Um, so here's what I'm talking about. I actually think, hello, um, I actually <laughs> I can't see what you could see. Okay, I actually think we are here to explore our range. So it's less about even dark or light, sorry, dark or light. It's more about this word, sorry, range. <laughs> I'm working on the camera here because I read it at a very vulnerable time where I was really conflicted about everything. Like, why does even something like that happen? Like losing a child um, when I didn't do it, you know, didn't do anything wrong. You know, there's just such a like, what did I do um, element to that that comes up, which is so normal and human. And here's my impression of you know, the other side's version of my experience, which is, oh, love, why do you human beings always make it about uh, whether you're right, wrong, good, or bad, when it's not really it? What are you here learning? What are you learning about through this experience? What are you learning through this experience, period? So there's an impersonal element to it that our mind would reject because it almost wants to take us into good or bad because there's an identity there. Oh my gosh, we're really getting into all the stuff that I believe. This is where it's like the Carrie Ann sledgehammer and they're like, so I'm like, sorry, but I'm not really sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Because to me, this frees us all uh, into, so let's say we looked at the range. Okay, so there's the range. And I don't even want to have, I don't even want to have light or dark here, okay? You could call it tension. Actually, that would be better. Tension. Like, oh my God, that's what we're going to do. So it's like super tense. It's <laughs> a great word. Me or whoever just gave me that. Um, tense and like flowing. Because that's the opposite, right? And my pen's decided to, it cannot work. Um, okay, there we go. Tense. I know you can't read my writing, but it's like tense on one end and then like flowing or like moving. Oh my God, we could also do stuck right here or moving. Okay. So this is where we just get to say, you know, how, when I was like in the first part of my life, when I was experiencing all like victimization and feeling victimized and feeling like attached to everything and, and completely sucked in, there was a lot of stuckness, a lot of stickiness, a lot of entanglements. I couldn't move a lot. I couldn't spiritually or emotionally even, didn't even have a sense of freedom. And so when I understood that after I read this book, just it had me reflect, wow, this book is really unraveling, not only just my life and, and the whys behind things happened, um, and I intuited that. I just intuitively went into myself and I was like, I wonder what was in that for me? What was in that experience for me in every little um, tragedy and, and bad experience? The abuse as a five-year-old, my mother, you know, going to, um, sorry, being an alcoholic and me like going to AA meetings with her at like nine years of age, um, 
you know, who I was in to my girlfriends as a teenager, you know, what was important about that? What was I learning? What was I seeing about myself? And what wasn't I seeing also? Because the older version of us actually has a whole bunch of another vantage point to help unravel some of this stuff. So the point is I understood that I was only living within a certain range and it was pretty like a well-worn path. And you can see, I'm just like, it's almost like just saying, well, I just sort of lived in that one section, just in that little, you know, it felt safe enough, but I was still kind of in this bullshit cycle. So I think the opportunity in life is to fucking open that shit up, open it up, like just push the walls push the walls back. And that means sometimes behaving in a way that's totally opposite (laughs) or just like different. So that's the opportunity. That to me is the opportunity. So, so what I was saying to my client today, she was saying, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad. And I said, well, what's the experience? And she said, well, it's like this and this and this, if you try to be so nice and, and pleasing all the time, um, or another example is you're trying to clean up the mess all the time. You're trying to keep things clean for people and yourself. Well, what if you're the one to just make a mess sometimes? Not that you are a mess, but what if you made a mess? I mean, who would you be? And I know it pokes the bear a lot. I know it pokes a lot of uh, sensitive places and I don't wanna be irresponsible with this live broadcast. But I just, um, because I think sometimes it's, it's harder to go into those places when you don't have a foundation that holds you to be naturally creative, whole, love, all of that. So the more I understood that my value and worth was a never in question, that it was just about experience, about what I'm experiencing and learning, like no wonder daring to suck appealed to me. And that found me years later. So my real journey started, um, I mean, you could go way, way back, but that book really changed things for me and what I started opening up to and considering. So yeah, to me, it's like, I think it's, um, it's really interesting thought to say, you know, what space have I been living in, you know, in my life up until now, those three magic words up until now. So up until now, acknowledge who you've been, what you've believed, you know, um, what you've expected, all your roles, the rules, responsibilities, all the stuff, maybe even baggage you've been carrying up until now. And that you have kind of a choice in the now and it's not what you should you do differently. It's what could you do? What's the most, what's the most glaring element in the up until now that would be really nice to change? That's, it's quite simple. And then we play with it. So to me, that's the, that's the, that's it. (laughs) That's, that's my formula of life. Uh, So there you have it is just because it's, there's always something new there. I'm always in a state of up until now. You know, if if y'all think I'm sitting on the top of a mountain, you know, meditating and stuff, I did meditate today, but that was just because I thought, well, I should probably do something in stillness around today and just check in and make sure there's, I don't know, just, I thought it was important, but I don't do it every day. It's not like I'm that, um, you know, oh God, enlightened or anything. And I don't really even, I just don't even like that word because I just think it takes away from the human experience. I actually think we're here to be super, super human, not superhuman, but just really human, which means messy and like, (laughs) okay. So here's the image that's coming up. It's like the evil Knievel helmet on dirt bike, 
you know, how, what can this puppy do? What can this life, what can this body do? What can this personality achieve? What can this business do through me? What can these relationships achieve with me as a part of them? It's like the potential is everywhere to play with. And, and I forget, it's so funny when I write some things down, I totally forget writing them. And today I found something and it just stared me right in the eye and I didn't know I was gonna talk about it now, but it makes so much sense. It said, this is on the back, be a responsible creator. What? Um, yeah, so it was just like, it was, I just thought that was so funny because I think we lose sight of the fact that we, without getting like super religious or like super uber spiritual, because I know um, I don't want to like cut anybody off from this concept when they get a little religious -y. Um, But this idea that we are so creative, we are like, I've heard it said that, you know, we're a, we're a, a spinoff of the one, of the big daddy, of whatever, the big mama, whatever you want to call God or the universe or whatever. And if we're like a spinoff episode, oh my God, I love this metaphor, <laughs> you know, of our sitcom. Oh God, so great. Um, it's like, we have, we're the director, we're the, we're acting in it, we, you know, we're, we're, directing all the relationships and the interactions. So we are always creating that ex the experience that we're having. So when I, when I saw be a responsible creator, the word responsible wasn't bogged down and like, better be responsible. It was just like, um, own it, own the fact that that's the way it is. Like, don't deny the fact that you can create stuff. It almost seems to have a double-edged sort of like a burden of like, oh, I've fucked up up until now. And that actually doesn't exist in the spirit world. There's just or in like the world that, you know, the thing that governs this whole thing. Um, it just doesn't exist. I've had too many experiences that have shown me this ridiculously unconditional, uh, unconditional love that just goes on forever, never really ends. So once you experience that a few times, you realize, wow. So there really is no good or bad here. It's just there's such an opportunity for me to take this vehicle, this sitcom, and do something with it, create a storyline that is amazing. Um, and it's not out of blame up until now. It's about acknowledgement up until now. Just acknowledge. Yeah, I did that. Oops. Like, oh, so guess what? It wasn't good or bad, even though the face is a bit, eh? Because it created a lot of tension, because it created a lot of rifts in my world, because it created a lot of going against the grain. Ugh, it's like the opposite of flow. So you could call that light, dark, good or bad if you want, but it's just about what you're experiencing. So up until a certain point, I was just experiencing a lot of tension, a lot of going against the grain, a lot of swimming upstream, until I started realizing that I could actually create and unravel some of these things and detangle them and be an, a creator in my life where I created new agreements with people and I created um, you know, a way of tuning into myself and learning how to understand myself speaking up is a creative element. How am I going to use my voice? And all of a sudden you can see I'm stepped right into the daring to suck stuff. No wonder the sucker found me and I co-created with it. Um, and then I learned how to deal with my feelings and, and partner with them and so on and so on through the steps. So um, that's what we're here for. This is the stuff I have to walk around with. So why should I have to walk around with it all day long is what I say. Um, why not share it? <laughs> it's like I unburden myself of the responsibility of holding this information, but I don't really. Um, I just, I just feel like, wouldn't it be nice if more of us held 
if it clicks with you, I'm not trying to force anything, obviously. Um, but how does it feel like if there's no good or bad, if it was just about experience and range, like just opportunities about who could you be now? Um, yeah, like the next starring role, like what do you want your character to do? And for me right now, um, my up until now is, is, yeah, there's an opportunity for me to expand and show myself more, show this more. That's why maybe I'm doing this one. Maybe that's why I'm talking about this now to like really just reveal all the stuff that's led up into all these sort of thoughts and feelings that I have. It's not just a book. It's what I did with the book. It's what I, it was like I picked up nuggets that were dropped at my feet from that book. Cause I actually don't think the book actually said all that stuff. And I partnered with it and I opened it up like a package and I just, it just became a part of me. So a uh, journey of souls by Michael Newton. Um, and there were other books by the way, that were then other stepping stones. So if we're talking about books, then, um, then I would have to give credit to Eckhart Tolle's a new earth. A New Earth was uh, like the next one after that that helped clean house about how my mind had been working and against me. And it just unraveled not just myself, but also people that I saw and helped me understand myself better, but also understand other people and help me hold why things happen, you know, why there's good things and bad things in the world. So I'm surprised no one's even asked me about that, um, because usually I get a lot of justice questions about like, hey, what about children dying and people in the streets and like war or terrorism? And I mean, that's serious stuff. So what it suggested and it helped and it wasn't a cop out. It wasn't a cop out for me to not care because I still care. Um, I still care and I still am empathetic like crazy. I love people like crazy. Um, I love all of you like crazy. Just even what I've shared, like that there's opportunities for you everywhere to have a look at the at our own behavior. So be a responsible creator. I just love that. I love that I wrote that down. Um, be a responsible. How can I be a more responsible creator and not burdened in blame, but just like knowing you're holding the keys? Oh, oh gosh, I'm holding the keys. Where do I want to drive this? You know this this experience. Well, how do I want to feel? All of a sudden, we're getting into you know. Um, this desired feelings. How would I want to feel? And if I want to feel that way, what can I do? Do you see how the, the feelings can inform the the act the actions, right? Which is also in the conscious action piece of the work that I share. So yeah, it's this very, it's basically con a consciousness sort of practice. How can I be more conscious and aware? But it's not easy because once you start seeing things, it can actually hurt more in the beginning because it's you start seeing everything and you start maybe even feeling everything. But what if that were just the um, the of courseness around all the stuff we haven't felt up until now? So there's going to be a backlog. Yeah. So holding it with a lot of compassion of like, wow, I've really been holding on to a lot of stuff. So maybe I need time and space to actually just do the practice of moving emotions and not attaching into the story of them. Um which I go into more in my daring to feel stuff. But yeah, that's the, sort of the hint of what's possible there to unburden ourselves. And when we become more unburdened, so what I know in my own life is the more I became unburdened, the easier things moved. So I went from tense to like flowing. Things started to flow. Relationships got easier. God, I had so much more space and time in my life. Um, I had a, a connection with myself that I hadn't had before. I had a sense of confidence once I saw me practicing these things and seeing people change in a way that just was so organic and harmonious and um, and also seeing things fall away, which sometimes didn't look so great. It looked like, wow, how have we been friends this long? 
And I've been tolerating that stuff um, up until now. Oops, uh, I guess that's over. And actually letting things move away in peace to be like, okay, that isn't for me. So it's not about me being good or bad. It's about that isn't for me anymore because guess what? It doesn't feel good. And sometimes that's challenging, especially when there's family relationships and friendships that go, that have legacies and, oh my God, obligation. Um, and I'm not a cold hearted bitch. It's just looking at the, just understanding the attachments that we pick up along the way. So before um, I go, I want to talk a little bit about this idea of like the good and bad in the world and how to hold that. And you know, this doesn't solve all the world's problems, but this book did help me hold things that I used to get really upset about. And I would feel like I couldn't watch the news or I couldn't, you know, see people in the streets without just feeling bad. And the book suggested that each one of us has our own unique path that basically to, here it is, to experience one, we just must simply experience the other. And it's very impersonal. So to be sort of simple about it, if I had a life that was filled with abundance and opulence and opportunity and, and flow and um, everything handed to me, uh, just as a really ridiculous example, because I don't think any life is that like that. Um, yeah, it's like if I were to have a life like that, that was just so full of flow and I want to say ease, but I don't think it would fully be ease. But anyway, flow, abundance, lots of things coming to me. And then I, I cross over and I die and I have this end of life meeting to say, wow, what did you experience in your life? And basically the understanding I got was, oh, I got all the things that I wanted to experience. I wanted to experience flow. I wanted to experience abundance. And, and I wanted to experience, you know, a lot of a lot of things coming to me and a lot of ease. Oh, that was like, that is totally what I experienced. And then they say, your guides or your like uh, mentors, if you will. They're like, all right, okay, good, you know, good breakdown. Here's what we noticed. And you just sort of kick the ball around. And there was like zero judgment. So the funny part was the doctor that was like trying to work with his clients, he kept interjecting and interrupting and being like, oh, were they mad? Like when they'd done something bad. And when they were under hypnosis, they were like, they were reminded me of Ross on Friends when him and Rachel on the couch. And he's like, oh, you don't get it. They're like, you don't get it, man. It's not like that. They kept coming back at the doctor and the therapist and saying, will you stop it with all this punishment and reward and judgment for God's sakes. Like they were just, they were so annoyed by him. And they were like, you don't get it. It's not like that here. We just talk about things, man. Like we just talk about the experience and we just draw out the learning. Like, like they were so annoyed. By him. And that was so cool to like pick up on. Um, so, so yeah, so there's this like review of like, let's can you continue with the thread, which is, yeah, this life was so great. And then the, the mentors say, yeah, we noticed this and we noticed that. And everyone's just kind of like high-fiving with acknowledgements. Like, yeah, it was totally like that, wasn't it? And then that happened. Whoa, that was intense. And then the next question on some level is, all right, you know, what do you want to do next? And then you actually have full like sovereign choice. And it's crazy to believe this, but apparently we decide things like, well, I guess it wouldn't be complete if I didn't experience the opposite. So, so yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and that's exactly the energy in which they re-enter in life, have like nothing in life or be abused even um, to be on the other side of the coin. Not because, and this is where karma, some people say, well, 
people use the word karma about good or bad, right? And karma is just that. To experience one, you just must simply experience the other. There's a completeness. So the word is complete, not good or bad. And so that idea just blew me away. It just made everything make so much sense. Does that help anybody out there? <laughs> it freed me up uh, from feeling responsible for everything, for everybody. It made me understand that they have every right to have the experience they're having. And if I feel so called to do something or say something, to just also hold the fact that you can't, I can't put their, my hand on their process. I can't sort of lean in when someone's, you know, bawling their eyes out and be like, well, why do you feel that? And like, also, yeah, like, and but there are coaches, by the way, out there that do that. Um, and I try to just follow, frankly, follow and ask bigger questions, uh, but not out of like, oh, let's get Ellen and like stop the process. It's more about like, how else can we clear? How else can we get that moving? Um, because yeah, that's uh, that's a release. That's a thing that can release us from a lot of beliefs and roles and rules, responsibilities, and all this stuff that can bog us down. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Um, but yeah, to me, um, to me, I think there's just this opportunity to experience whatever we're here to experience. And I think each one of us could probably look at our life and be like, "Well, it make a lot of sense if I was here to experience self-expression or authenticity, how to really be myself. Um, because all the th times things went bad, it was when I wasn't really acting like myself. And I know that may sound like very general, but I have my own unique version of it, my own unique experience and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like the people I was given to as a child or that I chose as my parents, my siblings, the place I lived in, there's all these unique features that create my reality. And apparently this book suggests, which I totally believe, and you can think I'm cuckoo crazy, is that before we come, we actually literally design, we do this by design. We almost pre-interview parents and, and locations and we, we can tune into what the life is going to be like. We don't know exactly how everything's going to go, um, but there are certain things that we actually get to choose about contracts we make with people. And you're going to come into my life in my, in my 20s and we're going to do this work together. You're going to teach me about forgiveness and I'm going to teach you about compassion. And I'm not joking. It's in a wild book. And it helped me understand and feel so much more at peace, not just with myself and how I've even showed up, but how I relate to other people and who I am for them as much as who they are for me. And, uh, and it helped just bring my shoulders down a lot in my whole life and feel way more willing to be here fully and be way, way more wide eyed and take everything in and to learn from absolutely everything that's being presented to me. So that may help explain why I show up the way I do. It's not that I don't, it's not that all of a sudden I watch the news and I'm okay with it. It's that I understand uh, what things get triggered uh, and, and a little bit more about why they get triggered, a little deeper understanding and forgiveness of myself about why I feel the way I do sometimes without feeling you know crazy or misunderstood or any of those things that I felt for so long. But uh yeah, and but the more I opened up to it, the more I started playing around with the ideas that felt really right in me. And again, if it doesn't feel right in you, don't hang on to it, just let it go. But I knew that when I was presented with the information, there was probably a timing element of readiness and willingness that met uh, that met it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm so ready to hold this now. I'm so willing to put this in my back pocket or make it a part of me 
and hold it now as I move forward because it helped me hold the loss of uh, the pregnancy. It helped me um, receive the the next pregnancy that was uh, that was my first son, Denny. It helped me understand and navigate everything that came after that, which was all the job losses, the court cases, the car accidents. Um, losing my grandmother uh, again and again and again. It went over twice, actually. So yeah, um, holding some of that information helped me navigate it in a completely different way than I would have up until that point. I just want to throw this out there before I be completely irresponsible and send you out into your life with some of this stuff. um, The thought process can really take us into some really bizarre and unhelpful places. So what I know is when I read the book, I know that I was reading things that have to go in through my brain and be interpreted on some level and brought into my body. But there was something in my body that held it, not my head. So again, if you haven't read, um, I wrote this blog post the other day about almost there was a little bit in there about the heart versus the head, um, about how the head is very like has a label maker. It wants to it it tends to judge things because it feels more comfortable when things have walls structure, labels, names. And that's a beautiful tool and a wonderful thing to have along the way. But it's more of an after thing. So um, so now I use my mind and my thought process to follow my heart. And a lot what I've learned, oh, this is so weird. Um, so fine, whatever. Uh, so when I started tuning into my body and my heart's language more, it's a totally weird language. It's totally different. It's not like the mind at all. Um, and I just want to like forewarn any of you that have uh, have either not done that uh, in the way that I've experienced it. And I'm not saying it's going to be the same for you. But in general, when I work with clients, it is almost it is like going underwater. It is feel like drowning. It does feel like some of these things are going to kill you. And oh my gosh, you're making me say the thing that I've been holding on to for a little while. Um, because sometimes when I do the work that I do and I talk about it, people are intimidated by by the process. Because my instinct and my intuition tells me And they have told me on some level is that I feel like I don't know why, but I feel like I'm going to die. Like I actually feel like if I go from my head into my body, there's this panicked feeling of like, I won't survive this. So please acknowledge this. If any of you are feeling, I I appreciate that. And this is where my heart says, uh, you're right. You you will die, but not all of you, just parts of you. And this makes me want to cry a little bit because it's like, because I know it to be true in my own journey. And I've witnessed many deaths in my clients. Wow, this is getting a little bit deep. But so parts of you will die, but they'll die a good death. And that makes me want to cry because it's a good death. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a good death and a bad death. They'll die an honorable death. They'll be honored, deeply honored for their service, for their commitment, for their dedication, for the time spent, for the fight fought. And it's beautiful. So we don't just kill people off in this process. It's a very tender process, and it's one that I hold very, very um, tenderly and with a deep level of sacredness. So, yes, (laughs) 
<laughs> so you can see why what I do is kind of hard to market. <laughs> and she laughs diabolically. Oh, yeah, that's what happens. Oh, I think we're going to talk about that maybe another time. <laughs> oh, my God. Vanessa, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Parts of you are going to die. But they are going to die a good death. And every time I say that, it just, oh. You know, when my dad died, we're just going to talk about this. When my dad died, I sat down with Chris Durkies. He's a, a soul interpreter in Vancouver, which makes me laugh. <laughs> Only in Vancouver would you have a soul interpreter in this life. Isn't it great to be alive right now? Are we so lucky to be alive? We have soul interpreters. Huh? Anyway, so he's a pretty cool guy. And he acknowledged something around my dad's death. And he said, um, he said, you had a good death. And I was like, we did, didn't we? I had a good death. My dad had a good death, a really good death. It was sudden and you could say it was tragic and all those things. But he had a good death and we talked about it more and I, cause it really opened up cause I honor the, the deaths that I, I see that I just spoke of. And it's the same. It's like, it's, it's similar. Um, my dad, not so my dad died a good death because he died clean. He didn't have a lot of issues with people and people didn't have a, a lot of issues with him. So he died a really good death. There was not a lot we didn't say to each other. But yeah, my dad had a good death. And something that Chris said really stuck with me. He said, I think he was quoting somebody else, but there's a quote out there that says, you know, only when we learn how to have a good, uh, learn how to die, will we learn how to live. <sighs> you know, like it really opens up how we want to die. It sounds dark, but it's not, you know, um, it's not like, how do you want to die? Do you want to die with relationships clean, with things feeling complete? Um, well, there you go. Start learning how to have a good death. Clean up your death now. Keep it clean. And my dad was really lucky. He had a very clean death. There are some people that are traumatized by death because it's not clean and they are burdened and they are weighed down and they are victimized by the lack of things said or done, whether it was in their control or not. There's a, a gifts and impacts of things like that. So, uh, and it's not to say we can't heal from those bad deaths. Again, listen to the good and the bad being used here. But I hope you understand one is more uh, it's less about judging whether you're right or wrong. It's just a tension level. Does it feel easy and flowy or does it feel tense and sticky? So my dad had a very ease and flowy death, very clean, very clear. So, yeah. Wow. Gosh, that took a real turn. That makes a lot of sense why we talk about it, though. Thank you, guys. Wow. That took a really lovely turn. But I finally got to talk about that which is something that I've been holding. So it's sort of a burden that I feel around my business actually, but not really a, a burden. That's just a kind of a weird word to use, but yeah, just a piece of it. Miss, maybe a little misunderstood. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Holy moly. I just feel like I delivered an 11 pound baby again. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you some comfort and solace in the cycles of life and loss that will see you through your darkest moments knowing you're not alone. I'm curious to hear how this episode resonated with you or if it stirred up any questions. So please reach out to me in the Radical Acceptance group on Facebook or on any of my other social media platforms like IG or TikTok as I am always up for hearing your insights and any other topics you'd like me to cover. 
So if you love this podcast, please take a moment, leave a review and subscribe as your feedback and support means the world to me. It helps us continue to create content that connects and helps clear the path on this human adventure. I wish you the most wonderful and magical season filled with soul-filling moments, belly laughs with people you love, and memories that make you smile. So until next time, take good care and keep rocking your unique light into the world.